blessing. Thank you, ladies. Before I ask you to open your precious Bible this morning, I'd like to just uh, quickly give a couple of things. Um, first, want to say to um, all of you that are not on our one call system. If you're not on our one call system, uh, that is how we try to keep, you know, and obviously during a time like this, um, it's a good way to keep up with what's going on. Uh, I announced the uh, prayer meeting through the one call yesterday. Of course, I know Facebook, uh, but the one call comes straight from here. So if that's something you're not on, if all you got to do is get with Miss Kyla. Miss Kyla, would you raise your hand real high? If you'll get with this lady right here. She will get your number on the one call system and you can get updates on anything pertaining to the church, special events, special prayer requests. And so I would encourage you to do that. Second of all, teenagers, uh, next Saturday, you're going up early to help with the family fun day. You'll need to meet here at 11 o'clock. Uh, now, if you need a ride to the church, I'm told that Brother Jeremy and Miss Lindsay is providing that ride to you here at the church and you'll be going up early. And uh, you'll be helping, and uh, you have fun. You did it last year. Will they have a time of maybe uh, like they did last year as well, or is this going to be all work? There are going to be some swimming, so if you want to come, you'll be able to go swimming. And uh, they have the pool up there at the camp, so uh, all of you teenagers, get with Brother Edgy on that, and uh, be here at 11 o'clock, and you're going to go up early and help. And I appreciate you doing that. Um, I think... Oh, also, in the back, in the foyer, as you go out today, there are two banners. There's a big banner with Stone's name on it. It was about the prayer meeting, but we're signing it. There's Sharpie markers back there, and then there's a smaller banner uh, on the foyer table back there. Please, before you leave today, make sure you sign that. Uh, let him know that you're praying for him. I just noticed Miss Sarah said that Mr. Stone is listening to our service today. And uh, they're all in the ICU rooms with us this morning. So, would you open your precious Bible to the book of Genesis? The book of beginnings. That's what Genesis means. And uh, you'll learn a principle in the book of Genesis. Genesis. It's called the law of first mention. The law of first mention. Many things were first mentioned in the book of Genesis. So, of course, the name is fitting. It's the book of beginnings. And I want to go to chapter 18 this morning. And I've been directed to this passage of scripture. I really don't have any notes. I'm just preaching based on what I feel directed to, to do today. I want to be an encouragement to you. But with everything else that's going on, I want to be an encouragement. But I'm also obviously uh, trying to encourage uh, this family. You say, Pastor, would you... Um, would you be this passionate about it if it was me and my child? Look at me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Not every day a 10-year-old child fights for life. And not every day that a child in our church is uh, struggling. And I also understand, and we'll bring a little bit more about it in this message. If we will understand this, God can use this in a great way. If we will respond properly to it. Genesis chapter 18. Verse 1. And the Lord appeared unto him in the plains of Mamre. And he sat in the tent door in the heat of the day. Now he is Abraham. And he lifted up his eyes and looked. And lo, three men stood by him. And when he saw them, he ran to meet them from the tent door. And 
bowed himself toward the ground and said, My Lord, notice the wording, Lord, capital L-O-R-D, if now I have found favor in thy sight, pass not away, I pray thee, from thy servant. Let a, let a little water, I pray you, be fetched. So he's southern, amen? He fetched water. And wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree, and I will fetch a morsel of bread and comfort ye your hearts after that ye shall pass on. For therefore are ye come to your servant, and they said, So do as thou hast said. And Abraham hastened into the tent to Sarah and said, Make ready quickly three measures of fine meal, knead it, and make cakes upon the hearth. And Abraham ran into the herd, fetched a calf, tender and good, and gave it unto a young man. He hasted to dress it. Boy, this just sounds good, don't it? And he took butter and milk. Y'all hungry yet? What do you feed the Lord? Well, you feed him beef with butter and milk. Amen. Because by the way, this is, a, this is the Lord himself. And he took butter and milk and the calf which he had dressed and set it before them. And he stood by them under the tree and they did eat. And they said unto him, where is Sarah thy wife? And he said, behold, in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return unto thee according to the time of life. And lo, Sarah thy wife shall have a son. And Sarah heard it in the tent door, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah, now we need to understand this. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Now let me just stop there just a minute. I mean that obviously reads exactly the way it reads. But I just want you all to know something. This lady was well up in age, no longer could have a child. Y'all understand what that means. It's impossible. It's not scientifically correct. There's no way she could have a baby. It was past her time. Up close to 90 years of age. Now Abraham and Sarah were old and well stricken in age. And it ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself. Saying, after I am waxed old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said unto Abraham, Wherefore did Sarah laugh? Saying, Shall I of a surety bear a child which am old? Here it is. Is anything too hard for the Lord? What's y'all's answer to that? Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Is there? At the same time appointed, I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Then Sarah denied, saying, I laugh not, for she was afraid. And he said, Nay, but thou didst laugh. Now here's what's interesting about that. Nobody heard that laugh. She didn't laugh out loud. Now, by the way, we give Sarah a rough time, but the truth is we do it all the time. We laugh within ourselves and say, oh, God ain't really going to do that. God can't do that. That's impossible. Even God can't do that. Now, we as Christians would never voice it, but many times we laugh within ourselves. Because we just think there's, that can't happen. That's not going to happen. And so she laughed within herself. Nobody else heard it. And then she was so embarrassed by it. Plus, the Bible says she was afraid. Could you imagine the Lord looking at you? 
and say, why did you laugh? And she's going, well, I didn't laugh. Nobody heard it. And he says, no, you did laugh. Great lesson here. We give Sarah a rough time. But I'm asking all of you ladies here this morning. Let's say that you're well past your time of being able to have a child. And God comes to you. These strange men come to you. And they say, hey, you're getting ready to have a baby. I'm going to tell you what every one of y'all would do. Not only would you laugh, you'd probably go, oh, dear God, please don't let that be true. I can promise you at this age of my life, if God was to say that to me and say, hey, you're getting ready to have, of course, I can't have the baby, but hey, you go have a baby. I want y'all to know something right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I'm going to be praying and begging the Lord like you never heard in your life. Because I can promise you this, it's definitely past my time. I done got old and grouchy. Somebody say amen. We got two grandchildren. They wear me out just looking at them. But I want you to put yourself there. Before we give Sarah a really hard time and say, well, I'll tell you right now, God, when God says it, you ought to believe it. Well, when God comes to you and says something to you, you're dealing with something unimaginable. You're dealing with something that you know logically doesn't make sense. You're going to respond. I'm going to respond. And we do respond the same way Sarah does. But I want to encourage you today. I don't know what you got on your mind today. I don't know what all you're struggling with today. But I want to ask you this question. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Well, I'm going to tell you what happened. Y'all know as well as I do. Sarah had that boy. When the appointed time, they had this boy. We know that his name was Isaac. We know that he was the seed of promise. We know that God did exactly what he said. Now, how many of y'all believe God does exactly what he says? Can I make this statement to you? Uh, I've learned this about things. God's promises might take a while, but I'm going to promise you this. And we've, we, talked about God's, we talked about justice today in the Sunday school department. But let me just say this. God's justice, the wheels of God's justice might grind slow. But listen to me. They do grind. God is going to do what he said. Amen. Promise you, his promises will come true. It might take a while. We might not ever think it might happen in our lifetime. But I'm going to tell you something right now. Every promise God has made, you can bank on it. It's going to happen. Exactly to the smallest of details of what he says. Is anything too hard for the Lord? At an appointed time, Sarah, I know you're well old and stricken in years. You no longer can have a child, but you better get ready. You're going to have a child. And bless, bless, bless the Lord, she had a child. So I'm going to ask you the question in context of this particular uh, passage of Scripture here. The question was, well, we can't have a baby, Lord. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Now, based on this Scripture, she had that baby. So what's the answer to that question? Is anything too hard for the Lord? No. Absolutely not. So I want you to notice, I, I want to, this is basically a topical message today. I just want to touch on some things. I'm going to use some things in this passage. But the context is the Lord asked of himself, is anything too hard for the Lord? And basically he answered the question by allowing this woman to have a baby. But how does that help us today? No doubt. As I experienced, and I can only speak for myself. 
I felt very helpless the other morning when I rushed to the hospital. In that emergency room of the Children Erlanger Hospital, and little Stone was there laying lifeless with a ventilator. Knowing what all was going down and the team was working and they were trying to diagnose what was going on. His lungs had filled with, he had aspirated. They, they didn't even know at that time that something had happened to the brain. And uh, very quickly they diagnosed that he had a, a bleeding stroke. And I'm going to be honest, I, I, I said earlier, I felt so helpless. All I could do was cry and pray with him and cry and pray. That's all I could do. I was praying. I was asking the Lord. And, and I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, in that situation, the questions start to arise in your mind. Is anything too hard for the Lord? And then as the day went on, I got to hearing about the way that it all went down. That morning early, about 5.15, a few minutes maybe after 5, Sarah had said the dog barked. They have a dog. The dog barked. She don't normally get up, but she heard the dog bark and she said something impressed me to get up. But when she got up, she walked down the hall. She heard Stone breathing, laboring and breathing, very funny, knew something was wrong, walked in his room, found him unresponsive, laying on his right side. He had gotten sick. He had aspirated in his right lung. Both lungs, but his right was worse. They didn't know all of this. Just couldn't get him up. Couldn't respond. She immediately got a hold of the uh, 911. They, she tried to administer CPR. They were getting the, the people there. They got him there. They rushed him to the hospital. And as the day went on, she was struggling, as all mothers would do, of thinking, how long was my boy laying there? All of you moms know what I'm talking about. And so she was trying to get some kind of peace in her mind. And as the day went on, we just got to feeling better about it. And then, amazingly, Scotty had Stone's watch. And Stone has one of those watches that, you know, um, your heart rate, your steps, and, and, when, and how much sleep you get. And so he was looking at that watch, and he went back to see how many hours. And he said, Sarah, what time did you put him to bed last night? She said, about 1030. And then he said, well, this watch says that he had this amount of, of sleep before he got up. And if you do the math, it was just a few minutes after five. She was in there a few minutes after five. I truly believe that he laid there for minutes. You say, well, Pastor, why is that important? Well, I don't know about y'all, but is anything too hard for the dog? If you, I don't know if they like that dog, but I bet you they love that dog more today. You say, oh, Pastor, that's a funny little story. And what a coincidence. And I want to say to you, it's a big God. That takes care of the smallest details. Because there's nothing too hard for the Lord. See, can I say this morning, there's no place that's too hard for God. You know, as the men prayed yesterday, I was praying, but I listened to parts of all of the men's prayer. But I was praying myself, but Brother Larry got up to pray and... And, and to be honest, that's exactly how I had been praying. I had been praying at the hospital that whole time. Lord, help us to pray unselfishly. Amen. Unselfish in prayer. In other words, yes, we miss stone. Yes, we want stone back. But there is a, an unselfish prayer there. The Lord, we know that you know best. And I, we want the Lord to get all the glory and the honor. And we are desiring God's will 
for it to be that for stone to be used greater in life than in death. But as Brother Larry was praying, and I had already thought this because I had been up there at the family, they're talking about how this has worked in their family, how this has reached even the staff at the hospital. One of the nurses came and met. I happened to be there in the waiting room and they were in there and this nurse came and she said, well, y'all will have no, y'all have no idea how this family in stone has affected the whole staff in the PICU unit. And I got to thinking about right here, in Lookout Valley, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37419 is our zip code. And I thought about, could this be something that would spark in this place a wonderful move of God? Amen. There's no place too hard for God. Would you imagine with me, wouldn't it be a wonderful thing that right here in Lookout Valley, maybe even through Tiftonia Baptist, maybe through your life, maybe through your family, maybe through your street, maybe through where you live, that God could bless and touch in a special way. By the way, there's no place too hard for God. You know what helps me with that? Let's think about the Christmas story a minute. You know, we give that poor innkeeper a rough time. Y'all ever thought about him? And that poor innkeeper, he gets a rough time because, you know, in other words, he didn't have, not like he could have made a bed. I mean, he couldn't make a roof. He couldn't make a roof. He just simply told Joseph and Mary that the inn is full. We don't have, but he made accommodations for them, even out of love. He said, look, we don't have a room for you. You're getting ready to have a baby, but I'll tell you what I will do. We'll make our stall, we'll make our barn as comfortable as we can, and you can lodge there for the night. Now, we give that innkeeper a rough time, but let me ask you a question. Whose design, whose purpose, whose absolute plan was for Jesus Christ to be born in a lowly manger? It was God's. And if you look at the implication, if you look at the ramification of why the Lord Jesus Christ was born in a lowly stable, in a barn, in the dirtiest of all places, because I want to tell you right now, if he was born in a palace, some people wouldn't have felt comfortable coming, and the shepherds certainly wouldn't have come there. I'm glad that we have a Savior that from the guttermost to the uttermost can freely come to him. No matter how dirty, no matter how bad, no matter how sinful we are. See, that place was a perfect place. No, no place is too hard for God. That's exactly where God wanted His Son to be born. And what a beautiful picture it is. There's no place too hard for God. I don't know where you are. I don't know exactly. I know where a lot of you live. I don't know where you're at. You might think, well, my work is no different. No, your workplace is a place where it's not too big for God. You say, Pastor, you don't understand. I work with a bunch of atheists. Hey, no place is too hard for God. No place. No place. This was a, a place out in the plains of Mamre. Who would have ever dreamed in this little obscure place destitute desert place that God would show up. No place is too hard for God. You ever been in a place you think, man, this is a God forsaken place. Well, wait a minute. That place is not too hard for God. Little is much when God is in it. Labor not for wealth or fame. There's a crown and you can win it if you go in Jesus name. 
Is the place you've been called to serve, you think it's very well, very not even well known? God knows exactly where you are. Can I say to every Sunday school teacher here, your Sunday school class is a powerful place. Every Wednesday night worker, your class is a powerful place. There's no place too hard for God. No place. Can I say this morning, there's no position too hard for God. Now, I want to talk about the circumstances of life just a little bit. I want to go over here. <laughs> psalm 78. I want to read a little bit of the psalm. Psalm 78. I would encourage you. One of the most famous sermons that Harold Seitler ever preached was. Can God. Can God. Have, have y'all. Has anybody ever heard that message? Can God. Would you raise your hand? Well, I'm going to tell you, it needs to be flooded on YouTube. You need to listen to Harold Seidler's message on Can God. That was the message. He preached out of Psalm 78. It was back in the 70s. He got so excited. He was on the radio, and he forgot that he was on the radio. He just got after himself preaching. And, and the question was, can God prepare a wilderness? Can God prepare a meal in the wilderness? Can God prepare, furnish a table in the wilderness? Would you look at verse number 19 of Psalm 78? The question was, they were making fun of God. They were questioning the Lord, just like we do at times. And the question was this, in verse 19 of chapter 78 of Psalm, Yea, they spake against God. They said, Can God furnish a table in the wilderness? Behold, he smote the rock that the water gushed out and the streams overflowed. Can he give bread also? Can he provide flesh for his people? Now we know what took place. In the wilderness, when they were wandering, the people were hungry. They needed water. God provided water out of a rock, out of nothing. When they needed food, he provided quail. And I don't know about y'all, quail's pretty good, especially wrapped up in bacon. Them little quail breasts wrapped up in bacon. I mean, you can't get much better than quail. God just gave them quail. And by the way, none of us has tasted manna. But I'm going to tell you what I think it would probably look like and taste like, at least in my mind, would be uh, angel food cake. Somebody say amen. I mean, it don't get any better than angel food cake. It don't get any better than quail. And here they are out in the wilderness. And no doubt, like those griping people were, just like we gripe sometimes, they were... They were saying to God, you can't prepare a, a table for us out here in this wilderness. We're going to starve half to death. We're not going to make it. Can God? Well, God showed them that he can. So here's my question. How long are we going to keep asking can God? I think we need to switch that around and say, you know what? God can. God can. There's nothing too hard for the Lord. Now, you say, Pastor, why is that important? Because when I say the position that you're in, that means the circumstance that you're in. Everybody has different circumstances of life today. The Gilly family is different than ours. They're up there in the ICU room. But maybe for you, you're dealing with something that you absolutely think, this is impossible, I will never overcome this. You might be in a financial crisis. You might be in some type of a health crisis. You might be in type of a situation where you're struggling with a family member and you're so disappointed and you're struggling because of a family member's broken your heart and they continue to break your heart. I don't know what position you're in today. I don't know what circumstance you're in today. But I want you to know something. This principle can be applied to our circumstance today. Can God? God can. 
Nothing's impossible with him. How many of y'all believe that? But you know what the problem is? We all believe it, but here's the problem. We're in the middle of the problem. We don't feel it. We don't feel it. We just don't feel like he can. See, there's a whole difference between knowledge and truth and feelings. Sometimes our feelings will lead us astray. Sometimes our feelings aren't always right. Truth is always right. But many times in the middle of our darkness, in the middle of our, in our, middle of our storms, in the middle of when our circumstances are so heavy and our circumstances are so tough, we just don't feel like He's doing anything. We just don't feel like He can. We sometimes feel in the middle of that that He's forgotten about us, that He absolutely has no desire to help us, we have abs- he has absolutely no desire to comfort us, but we're wrong in all of those things. Our timing is not God's timing, and what God does, He does well. God can. Now, I don't know where you're at today, but you need to get out of the molly grub patch. You need to get out of that depressed state and say, well, God's just forgot all about me. He doesn't know where I'm at. He's not doing anything. No, listen to me. Nothing is impossible to the Lord. That means whatever position you're in, that means whatever circumstance you're in, I want you to know nothing is too hard for Him. Can I get a witness? How many of you believe that there has been things in your life that people would have said is impossible Well, with God, it was possible? Can I give you a little personal illustration? Well, let's go to the next one. I might let y'all out early and all God's people said. Y'all bunch of liars today. No place is too... I mean, think of Bethlehem. 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 A little obscure town. That's where the Son of God was born. No place. In a manger. No place. It's too hard for God. Talk about the position. Right here in this position that Abraham and Sarah is. Here's the circumstance. God shows up, says you're going to have a baby. She laughs and says, that's crazy. I can't have a baby. That is scientifically, physically impossible for me to have a baby. Well, get ready because your circumstances sure didn't fool God because God said it and you had a baby. So if God can give this woman a baby, I don't know what you're going through. Not too hard for him with you either. Y'all remember that old story, Dr. John R. Rice. And I don't know, we always call him John R. Rice. It's never John Rice, it's always John R. Rice. How many of y'all ever heard him called anything other than John R. Rice? It's John R. Rice. Dr. John R. Rice. They, you say, I've heard him preach. I mean, like he was the biggest thing in the 60s. And I mean, he never knew him. He just hung like this. He's real monotone. He just hung like this. The whole time he preached. I mean, he just hung like this. I mean, just real. And I'm like, man, how did people sit there and listen to that for an hour? I'm going to tell you why the power of God was on him. There's no other question. There ain't no other answer for that. How many of you ever heard Dr. John R. Rice preach? Many of you here. But when you go to them sort of the Lord conferences early on, and he got up older in years, he always prayed for women there that wanted to have babies. And there was women that God had shut up the womb and they weren't able to have babies. So he'd say, okay now, he said, all you ladies... All you women now that have been praying for God to give you a baby. So I want all of you to stand up. He said, we're going to pray that God will open your womb and you have a baby. He said, thousands of women would stand up. Man, he'd pray over them. Well, when he got older and up in age, he kind of got a little, like I'm doing, you kind of get mixed up someone with your words. Instead of being full when you come, you need to be empty. 
So he had gotten older up in years, and man, these women were having babies like crazy after he prayed for them. So by that time, he got mixed up that day at one of them, so the Lord comes, he says, okay, now all you ladies stand. All the ladies stand. All you ladies stand. And he started to pray for all them women. Oh, dear God, these women that are standing, I want you to bless them and give them a baby. Them women was going, oh, no. I mean, they were trying to get a seat. Like, we done had five babies. We don't want no more babies. I don't know why I brought all that up. <laughs> Nothing's too hard for the Lord. What them women thought was impossible, and I heard testimony about it, that there would be women that couldn't have children, and all of a sudden, they would go to one of them sort of the Lord conferences, Dr. Rice would pray over, next thing you know, they started having babies. And I mean, I remember a preacher was talking to me about it, it was there, they was like, Listen. he said, you could hear the groaning in the building. Them women, man, you didn't see women fall down in them chairs fast enough. They were like, oh no, dear God, he prayed for me five years ago. I've had four babies since then. I don't want no more babies. You say, Pastor, why'd you bring it up? Well, I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> Here it is. Nothing's too hard for God. Can I say there's no place, no position, no matter what circumstance you're in? I thought about the Shounds, Megan and Hunter. They prayed for years, couldn't have a baby. We prayed here. God blessed them real good. They got twins and a little boy. Is anything too hard for the Lord? See, you need to put God in your circumstance, your position. Then quickly as I close, is there anything too hard for the Lord? There's no place, there's no position, no circumstance. Here's the last one. There's no person. Now here's where I struggle. There's no person. How many of you know somebody that you've prayed for for years and they just have no interest in God, salvation, church. Y'all know people like that? Now the camera can't see it. And of course, I'm not asking you to give a name. But if, I, if, you, uh, if you know somebody like that on your heart, would you raise your hand? You ever thought about that? I know y'all know this. We have, I have a brother-in-law, Laura's brother. His name's Roy. Haven't heard from him in a long, long time. Many of you met him. He came here years ago. We actually got him to come. And we got him to come to a rehab here in Chattanooga for a short period of time. He got out of it. The last we heard, he was living in the woods in Louisville, Tennessee. He was raised in a Christian home. He was raised in a Christian school all the way up through 12th grade. He even went for a short period of time to a Christian college. He knows. He's heard everything you've heard. He's seen everything you've seen. And sometimes in my mind, I'm like, dear God, what else has to happen to this man? For him to come to his senses and realize that life ain't worth living without Jesus. And I'm going to be honest with you, I have put him at times in my mind like an impossible case. 
Let's just be honest. I'm sure that there's probably people that you've dealt with. I know just speaking with some folks at the hospital just the other day, there's people that are involved in people's lives and they have for years never had any, any desire, absolutely no interest in anything about God. You know what we sometimes do and say? Well, we say nothing will ever change them. In other words, we say they're impossible. Well, I have something else to say to you. There is no person that is impossible to God. Just as God works out the smallest of details, and maybe a home when a little child gets sick and wakes the dog, and that dog wakes the mother, so the mother can normally not go and check, but because of the situation, she felt impressed to go, and she heard, and within minutes, she was in care. If if Stone would have laid in that bed much longer, he would have aspirated, he would have been he would not be where he's at today. So when you sometimes just say, oh, that's just a circumstance, wait a minute, that's probably God, that's nothing's too hard for him, and he's lining up all the little details that we don't even think about, but God is in the detail business. And many times, here's what's amazing about people. We don't know when, we don't know where, we don't know what. But I'm going to tell you something right now. God knows how to ring people's bells. I'm going to give you for instance. I was 21 years of age. I had no desire in my life to be a preacher. None. None. I thought preachers were weird. By the way, they are. <laughs> Bless my heart. Sarah put up a thing on Facebook last night. It humbled me. I, I, I don't even know what to say about it. I mean, I, I mean, I've never heard of a child in my life, they dress up for Halloween as their pastor. Stone dressed as Pastor Mark last year for Halloween. So everywhere he went on Halloween, collected candy, he had a Bible and a suit and a, uh, and a tie and, a, and pants on. And I thought, dear God, help us. I mean, I want y'all to think about that a minute. Someone asked him the other day, you'll be a football player when you get older. And he said to this man in our church, he said, no, I'm going to be in the ministry. Now, look, I know he's 10 years old. I know a lot. But I'm just going to say this. And, and, and let me say to every child here and every parent, look, we ought to be encouraging more of these children to serve God. Give me the, give me, take the world, give me Jesus. We've pumped this world. We've pumped all of these heroes in this nation like they're some kind of God. But I'm going to tell you right now, when that family is in the darkest, curious of night, I can promise you this, they're not going to call LeBron James. I'm going to tell you who they're going to call. They're going to call their pastor. And I just believe that God wants to call more of them. It's a wonderful calling. It is a move of God. It is a calling of God. It is not a job. It's not something you go to a job fair and say, Oh, I've never went to a job fair and say, Oh, sign up for the ministry. But I want to encourage every mom and dad, if you have a son, if you have a daughter, they might not be a missionary, they might not be a preacher, and that's fine, but they ought to be a Christian that surrenders their life to the Lord. And ministry and spiritual things 
ought to be important to you, therefore important to them. But I had no desire. None. I was shy. You ask anybody in my family. I would absolutely not even go up to the counter and, and ask for anything. My dates were as boring as you've ever seen in your life. I hardly took anybody to a movie because that meant I had to walk in there and I had to act like I was big enough and bold enough. And this is silly, but I was so bashful, I didn't want to go up and order tickets. Y'all can go, really? I had no desire. I didn't even have the personality for it. I couldn't talk. Y'all, I know y'all are wondering, dear God, what happened? <laughs> Mark Brandon, and I ain't much, and I'm nothing really, to be honest with you. But I'm going to tell you right now, I know personally that there's no person too hard for God. I'm going to tell you something right now. He will put in you. He will help you. He will strengthen you. He will absolutely mold you and make you exactly what he wants to if you will be willing to let him. He takes away fear. I have to sometimes remind, I have, Laura reminds me many times, she's like, Mark, don't put people up on the spot and get them to come up there. I had to realize this the hard way because it's so, it's just something that I'm used to doing. But that's one of the two greatest fears of mankind. Did y'all know that? One is falling. The second is getting up in front of people and talking. That's why speech class, if you look at the statistics, speech class there's lower grades in speech class in high school than any other class because people will take zeros instead of getting up and speaking in front of people. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? I'm going to tell you right now, there's no person too hard for God. He will do His work if we'll surrender. Can I ask you this morning as we close... Any of you this morning know someone that you're burdened about? They have no desire. I'll, I'll give another one here recently. Uh, Dalen, we all know Dalen. I know Brother Ryan knows Dalen. He had a heart for Dalen. All of us, many of us had a... Look, I've been over to the high school so many times with Dalen, dealing with his teacher and the counselor and the principal. I was over there in memory many times. I had to go downtown to the, to the, to the judiciary. I had to go down there to, the, to the, where they dealt with the young people. And I mean, I met with him in my office. I'm telling you right now, I mean, hours and hours and hours and hours. There was one day that, that he was so bad off, they threw him in the side of a ditch in the middle of the winter. I don't even know how the boy survived laying out here in the cold all night long. And I'm going to be honest, after a while with him, I think his grandparents, everybody was involved in that. said, man, he's a hard case. Nothing's going to change him. Well, I got good news for y'all. He's down in Florida. He went through a program. And now he's doing so good, he's helping the other ones down there going through what he went through. And he could come home. But you know what he said? He said, I don't, I don't need to come home. I need to stay down there because that's a better place for me. See, there's no one too hard for God. So I don't know what your situation is. I don't know who you love that you're struggling with. I don't know their situation, but God does. I believe we need to have a people of faith today that trust the Lord for the impossible. So there's no place 
too hard for God. There's no position too hard for God. And there's no person too hard for God. Now as you stand to your feet this morning. With head bowed and eyes closed. Can we get some involvement here this morning? I, I want to ask you now. If you're here today and you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. He loves you. He died for you. He raised from the dead for you. He bought your salvation. He purchased it. You can receive it by faith when the Holy Spirit of God convicts you of your sin. You repent of your sin and by faith you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior. I'm going to tell you what He does. He saves you from the guttermost to the uttermost. That's what He does. That's why He came. You're not too hard for God. So I'm going to extend the invitation to you this morning. You say, Pastor, I don't know for sure if I die. I'm going to heaven. Well, this invitation is for you. But secondly, I want to say to every Christian here this morning, how many of you, now let's be honest, how many of you know somebody and you don't, you, you've kind of put them in that little, you wouldn't say it audibly, but in your heart you thought, man, I don't know what else could happen to this person. It, he seems like or she seems like an impossible case. How many of you know somebody like that? Would you raise your hand? Can I ask you, would you be that person of faith today? Come to an old-fashioned altar this morning and you just get between you and God and an intercessory prayer for that person. Would you ask the God of possibilities to make that impossibility come true? They're going to begin to play. You know that person. You've got that person's face in your mind. Would you come? Find a place. Pray for that person. It might be a man. It might be a woman. It might be a child. Seems like maybe an impossibility to you. But there's no person that's impossible to God. While we're praying, let's pray for Brother Leston. I hope and pray all of our hearts is towards stone, asking God to do what maybe some would say is impossible. They've got a long haul in front of them. They don't know the side effects of this long term. But there's a God that we know that is a God of possibilities. I thought this interesting. The doctor shared with the family the place where the stroke is in the back of the brain. It's killed all the cells. It's dead. But the doctor said the brain is an amazing thing. The cells that are around that starts to take on the duties of those cells. And not only do they take on the duty of what those cells produce, they keep doing what they're there to do. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. That's a, that seems like that's impossible. We're asking God of the impossible. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Do y'all think revival could break out in this day? Well, we need it.
in the middle of that impossible thing, we got to, by faith, trust Him in it. We don't always see it. We don't feel it. But we trust Him. Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you for your word. Lord, I pray it's helped all of us, encouraged us. Sometimes, Lord, things does seem impossible. They feel impossible. But, Lord, I pray you'll help us, encourage us all today to realize that with you, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible with you. Nothing is too hard for you. You can. Whatever it is, you can. God can. Can God? Yes, we know you can. I pray you'll help each one of us, strengthen us in that. By faith, help us to trust you. Again, we ask it in the precious name of Jesus Christ and all God's people say it. God bless you. How many of y'all think it'd be impossible to be back tonight? Well, let me help everybody. It's possible. And you don't live in Africa? Because look here, in Africa, I've been there. You have to pedal a bike or walk, but all of us have got cars. So let's get back tonight. Amen. God bless you. Have a great evening.